Have you been feeling stuck, limited, or blocked in your spiritual life? Are you looking for breakthrough today? We are here creating a safe place to uncover real answers to honest questions. Because this is not just another self-help podcast. This is Life for Your Soul. Welcome back. Life for Your Soul podcast. Um, We want to take a minute, Rach and I, to just um, kind of re-anchor some of the things that we've talked about in our podcast. Um, Because Life for Your Soul is really, the heart of it is to help people not be deceived. And Rach, maybe you can go into that, just recap a little bit of what we're talking about. Do the Rachel thing. I'm going to Rachel right now. I'm going to go, okay, let's clarify that and rephrase it. Yeah. <laughs> um, our goal is for people to have nothing between them and God and nothing to stop them from fully obeying God. Because there's multiple scriptures, um, especially in the book of John, chapters 14 and 15, and in the book First John, um, where John is saying, if you obey, how do you know? that you love God and God knows you and you know God is you obey his commandments. You, there's obedience there that you walk in love, you walk in the light. And um, we want you to fully be able to run this race to the completion and accomplish everything that God purposed you to do, of course, what he wants you to do, but even more so be in Christ who you're supposed to be. Yeah. Not just what you do. And what you accomplish, but like actually be Jesus, the hands and feet of Jesus in this earth without hindrance and without blockages and without derailments. And some of the things that cause that derailment and offsets people or knocks people off their path and gets people stuck um, in the ditch is deception. Right. And um, because the last thing that the devil wants is for you to be doing any of those things and walking out who you're supposed to be and walking in um, immediate obedience to God and doing all of the things, being the person who Christ created you to be, right? Like that. So really when we're talking about deception, it's like anything that the devil can throw in your life that's going to pull you away from that, throw wrenches in your path. Um, Mm -hmm. And for me, I feel like I thought it was important for us to bring that back to center, bring that back to the forefocus of um, everyone's minds that this is what we want as a podcast, as the audience, as everyone who's listening to this, anyone who even comes across or stumbles upon this, that is what we would hope that you would walk away from in every episode in some way, shape, or form is a greater level of understanding and a stronger ability to um, like be aware of deception or be aware of things. Well, we also want you to personally, I don't want anyone to ride on the coattails of other people's lives or ministry or relationship Amen. with God. Yeah. Like that is not my point. I'm not wanting you listeners to ride on my coattails. I want to activate you. I want to, to get you to where you know that you can know God, you can hear him and you can be confident in him. For sure. Um, and so that you can be fully integrated in the body of Christ and play your part and uh yeah, in full confidence. It's unfortunately like when we when we say like deception, um I'm gonna be referencing first John a lot, but like first John basically says that deception is when someone doesn't understand who Jesus was and why he came. And anyone who says differently about Jesus or believes differently about Jesus, they're deceived. Yeah. And how why that they're deceived is because that disconnects them from their ability to fully connect with God. If you can't 
receive Jesus for who he was, as it was plainly stated in scriptures, and you try to do it some other way, it just doesn't work. And unfortunately, there's a lot of cults out there or other religions or things that say, hey, if you don't believe exactly the way I believe, then you are deceived. And it's not even what the Bible says. It's like... Yeah, it's like their thoughts. It's their thoughts or their opinions or how they've formulated it. And I want you to have a really good immune system as a believer. That's good. Like just like your immune system, uh, if you have a robust immune system, if some foreign invader comes in, bacteria, virus. A thought, uh, (laughs) a suggestion. um, Comes in and that that thing starts – um, causing damage to the body tissue uh, or infiltrating the body cells, the the body should respond appropriately, isolate it, identify it, isolate it, and have a robust response. And if your immune system is strong, you know, you don't get knocked out by a cold or a bacteria, yeah. right? You know, if your immune system is weak, you could be sidelined for weeks or months or have like an immune system meltdown. Just from a common cold. Just from a common cold. Yeah. And and if we apply that spiritually, we want you to be so robust and connected to God and Jesus and Holy Spirit that anything that comes at you, you'll be able to look at it, analyze it, res- it and appropriately, it it yeah, appropriately respond with Holy Spirit. Like, how do, what do I do with this? Yeah. And how do I handle it? Because there's so much that happens, like when you have someone who doesn't really know what they believe or they don't, they're not really connected to God that much to where anything that comes at them just knocks them off like they throws them through a loop it's like oh uh, somebody just told me x and i was told y but now i don't know what to think because yeah what do i believe who do i listen to yeah and so anyway this is the point is that this is what we want to be the thought and the premise that anchors not only the whole podcast but particularly anchors this next um topic that we're going to be going over the next few weeks. So we just want to kind of keep that in mind. And we don't really have as much of a outline going into this one, but the Lord's been speaking to us a lot on it. So we're just going to jump into this first episode. And um, yeah, we're just going to learn and conversate (laughs) and uh, it'll be really good. You guys can come along. Um, So we've been going back and forth about all the different things we could call the story arc and yeah. you know one of the titles i wanted to give it was really really long and we're like that's not gonna work yeah um but the idea was do you want to mention it yeah i mean i can mention it we're not going to tell this on the thing but uh, i was trying to come up with like getting comfortable with being uncomfortable which i love um or and then alternatively we're like okay let's name it are you sure question mark yeah um because there's a lot that goes on in in not just in the world, but like in the body of Christ, where we're supposed to be unified in one body and love, and we're all over the place. Yeah, I mean, so good. and if you say that we aren't at this point, like it's not true. We, the body yeah. of Christ is all over the place. Um, and we're all over the place. Like we have hundreds of denominations and all these things that's kind of splintered off, and we have different philosophies about different things. For sure. The, the core thing that holds us together is Jesus. Yeah. And what he did for us and his death on the cross and, and, yeah, so connecting us back to God. So, like, that's like the anchor point. But then it just, it's like this tree with so many branches and each branch has its own version of how we apply that or look at it or how we read the scriptures. And um, so what I'm saying is like with, are you sure is we're going to focus on what are the few things that you can know for sure 
Yeah, that you can be sure about. That you can be sure about. And then what are the things that are it's okay to not be sure about? Yeah. And to not be stubborn about and yeah. to be able to like love beyond. Yeah, or and or your even opinion. embrace the fact that you're not going to get the answer, dare I say? <laughs> <laughs> and um there's so much of us that want to know everything. We want to understand everything. I mean, I'm one of those people of like, if you're giving me a project or a task, like, let me, what's the big picture overview? Like, lay it out for me so that I can better understand the thing that I'm working on. And in the body of Christ, and when God gives us assignments, like, most of us do not have the luxury of knowing what the bigger plan or the bigger picture is. Um, And we just have to learn how to obey and walk with God and do what he's commanding us to do for ourselves and be okay with that. I mean, even if you think about, I was having a conversation with somebody this week of, you know, this person is important in my life and they have this opinion or thought. And God told them that this is important or that they shouldn't do this. But I don't feel like God's telling me that I shouldn't do that. And maybe I feel like I need to because that person is important. So if they're getting that instruction, then I should have that instruction. And it's like everyone wants to, I feel like we, so many of us want to do the right thing. We want to feel like we're obeying God and, and, you know, doing the right thing. And a lot of us are not okay with the fact that God can give somebody a command of don't do this or do this and not the other person. They're like, wait, I don't, I don't get it, but why? Like, I, no. <laughs> and here's the concept that, and this is important also in the dissection, the, discussion of no i like dissection. what you <laughs> believe and all that is that ultimately every person will stand before god individually and mm. give an account and at that moment you are by yourself yeah and you cannot blame your mama or your brother or your sister or your friend or your pastor or the the country or the president or like there's no one you can blame in that moment because yeah. there are you, because God will go, okay, that's nice, but what did you do? Yeah. What did you say? How did you respond? What yep. did you believe? And like you, I need you all to know that because ultimately you are accountable for yourself. Yeah. And you're accountable for your relationship with God and you're accountable for how you hear him and how you respond to him. And you cannot... There's so much of a blame game that goes around and deflection and victimization of, of I can't because so-and-so, or I can't because I never, or I don't have the resources, or I don't want to have, you know, whatever. Yeah. And what we're trying to get at is that that's why your relationship with God, we want to say, one, it's possible yeah. to have an intimate relationship with God, like to know him, to not only just read the word of God and learn about him that way, but actually to interact with him, to hear from him, um, to be able to identify all the different way ways he can speak to you and communicate to you and that you can know him intimately and that you can obey him and, and know, have confidence in that because at and the end of the day, it's just you and Jesus anyway. And what I would say is I wasn't going to go here, but I really feel like the Lord's pressing it is also being stable. Mm -hmm. Like in all your circumstances, in all the places that you are, that you are stable. You're not, not only wishy-washy, but that also like who you are 
is reliable. Your personality is reliable. Your character is reliable. Because there's a lot of people who I go to church and I live my life this way, but when I go to work, I act this way. Or if I I feel like I can't express myself and be myself in this environment, so I change who I am. And I feel like I can't, you know, a lot of us, especially if you got saved, you know, older on in your life, you kind of struggle most of the time with that. How do I Because so much of who you are changes when you get saved. And so how do you remain the same in all of your environments? And it's really interesting because um, my kids just got their report cards. And it was, you know, we've never gone through this before, right? So I was like, oh, report cards. Like, what are they going to say? Like, how's it going to be? And they have like a lifestyle section for my first grader, um, which makes sense. And one one of the things that he scored, he scored high in everything except for this one lifestyle area of like being organized and he scored like at the bottom. And so my husband and I are looking at each other like, this makes no sense. This kid is so organized. If he gets Legos for his birthday, he takes the Lego sets and he puts them in Ziploc bags on his own to keep them together. I mean, he was lining up things by color and size when he was 18 months old. Like, how is this kid not organized? Like, we know he's organized. So I ask him about it. And you know what he says? He goes, oh, I'm not like that at school. I'm a mess. So it's weird because here we are thinking like, this is not who you are. Like, I'm ready to talk to his teacher and be like, no, my kid is very organized. Like, this is a mistake. Or like, what is he doing that makes you, you know, like I was like kind of getting on the defensive and he's like, oh no, I'm not like that at school. (laughs) So like, can you trust who you are in all your environments? If you had a friend or a pastor or a leader see you in your workplace, would they recognize you? Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that's also an important Yeah, and the consistency in that, the anchor and consistency is going to be your relationship with God, not principles, not and your confidence facts. in Him. Well, yeah, I mean, like you could have all the facts and principles in the world and not be able to apply them to your life or to like you could parrot them and say, "I know this is true and this is what it is," but if it doesn't have actually an effect on your life, what is it actually doing for you? Yeah, and um, so like that's why like even with our application activation episode that we like to put in our topic arc is because we want you to not we want to get you past just knowing something and walk it out and, and actually it. walk it out and becoming living reality in your life. Yeah. And um, cuz I think your confidence your confidence in what you believe is uh, and not even only what you believe but your just your confidence in in that yourself is what keeps you a lot of the times from being deceived and from being like having that robust immune system like you talk about it's cuz when something comes at you you're like you're not immediately pulled away one direction or the other yeah and honestly too it's having a good anchor it's um ephesians chapter 4 I'll just start at verse 11. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature... Like children, we won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. Mm. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Come on. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body in the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly, and each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Man, that's so good. Tossed by every new teaching. I mean, come on. 
Yeah, it, but the stability of just maturity, stableness, and in Christ. Like, yeah. you know, that... And honestly, if leaders in the church, like the apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, if they're not getting you to that place of stability... That's their responsibility. I mean, their mm-hmm. responsibility is not just to get you to follow them and keep, you know, keep your attention and get your money or whatever it is, build right. their empire. The goal should be to build up the body of Christ, to get them to ma- to be matured, get them to grow in love. Um, but at and- the same time, also, you have a responsibility that you have to answer to. So yeah. if you know you have things that you need to work on, then yes, I mean, your leader should be helping you, but also you need to help yourself. You yeah, need to be, talk with but God. But that's how, that was, that's what protects you when, because nobody's perfect and everyone's vulnerable and we're all on this journey together to try to keep from getting knocked off course. And sometimes the people who are in leadership or in positions of authority, power, influence, they get it wrong sometimes or they get derailed. And you need to be able to be, you know, confident enough in your own relationship that you can navigate those choppy waters of people above you or around you going through their own issues and you not take on that that instability that they're experiencing. Right. Because when you when you're the one that's anchored, then you can be that anchor for other people and that steadfastness and that consistency. So when they're, you know, dealing with things and being knocked around, like they can come to you. Right. And that's the whole point. It's like I want people to move from being a victim and being blown around and knocked around to being um steadfast in Christ and to be able to be that anchor for other people. Yeah, that's so good. And um, I was telling Virginia, I had this analogy of, of a ship. You know, if oh, you have good. a if you have a ship, say you know, if you can imagine the ones with the big masts and the big sails, the ones that weren't motorized, but you know, <laughs> a pirate ship, <laughs> the, not a pirate <laughs> ship, but you know, like one of those ships. And you want to have a strong ship. Like you can't have holes in the hull, or you'll take on water. Yep. You can't have a broken mast, or you won't be able to have your sails up. You can't have tattered sails because the holes in the sail will not take you anywhere. Not take want <laughs> capture the wind, and you need to have a strong helm so that you can direct the ship. Mm-hmm. So like, you have to have all these components to where you have a, a if you have a well built ship with full sails you know, up, then when the wind comes, you can catch that wind and you can, you can go to your destination where that wind takes you. Um, and if, if we, in this analogy, we can say the Holy Spirit is that wind. Like we want you to be that strong ship that has a healthy, you know, has all the components that you need, has, um, nothing missing, nothing broken. Mm, That's good. So that when the Holy Spirit hits you and moves through you to carry you, um, then you, you'll be able to fully embrace it and be everything you need to be so that Holy Spirit can do everything he needs to do through you. Because if, if you, if you have trauma and issues and all these things that happen and you have a broken hull or your mast is fallen over or you don't have your steering wheels off, you know, right, all of yeah. these things, like what we're here to do is to help, you know, identify those areas and, help you 
partner with God to correct that, you know, to, yeah. to get those things repaired, to, <laughs> you yeah, know, to sure. get you up and running. Because if you don't have sales at work, you are dead in the water. Yeah. And, it, you know, and also too, in this life, like if the wind's not blowing, you don't go anywhere. And For so sure. in our opinion, in our humble opinion is that in this Christian life, you're dead in the water with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You are dead in the water. You can paddle. And your ship and your ship might look really good from the outside. It may look totally operational, but yeah. you have no rudder you could under have that water all surface, the components. and you just go everywhere the tide takes you because you can't steer for yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that's <laughs> you're blown by the current. If you if you have yeah if you have no capacity no wind yeah and um and it all if, has to work and the wind will override the current. So yes, there's yeah. a current in the water. We can consider that the world and while the world's going, you can either float along with the world yeah. or the wind, but the wind of the spirit will take you beyond it. The power and the and the law of that movement of the wind in the sails is greater than the current in the water. Yeah. Because you're riding on the top. And yeah. assuming it, your sails work. Assuming your sails work. <laughs> Um, you have to really appreciate and love the amount of metaphor we have in this podcast. I mean, it is top notch. <laughs> <laughs> Just you wait. It's not the end. <laughs> Never. Um, That's so good. I mean, in, in John chapter three, when Nicodemus comes to Jesus and he's like, um, how do I know, you know, he says, Rabbi, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. And then Jesus says to him, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And he's like, born again? Like, how can I old go back into my mother's womb? Like, yeah. he's like, what? And um, Jesus says, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life. but The Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't mm-hmm. be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants. Just as you can hear the wind, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it is going. So you can't explain how people are born of the spirit. And um, you can read the rest of chapter three to get all that. Okay. Um John 3? Yeah, John chapter 3. But basically, we, this is where the get uncomfortable with being comfortable or are you sure is that if Holy Spirit is directing this thing and he's God and he kind of calls the shots and he doesn't really have to explain himself to you, Mm -hmm. you don't know where that wind's coming from or where it's going. Your job is to catch it. Yeah. Like, if we just boil it down to that, that is your Christian life. You don't know where God's coming from, and you don't always know exactly where he's going, but your job is to get your sails up and catch it and go. Yeah. That's really as simple as it is. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's, it's harder to, I don't know, I just keep thinking about how much influence that we have in our life that comes not from God. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that it's a bad influence and not of God. I just mean it's literally not God himself giving you the instruction. You know, because I'm thinking of a couple of things of, you know, what if you have, um, I have two examples. One, I, there was a new TV show that came out, not recently, this was a while ago. Um, There was a new TV show that came out and Jacob and I immediately knew that like, that was not for our family to watch. Um, And it was kind of it. That was in the discussion. Two, three weeks later, um, somebody who we uh, highly regard was talking about how they watched that episode, how they watched that TV show. And so we're like, you know, it, for a moment, it had us question like, well, maybe, maybe it is okay if we watch it because we respect them and they watch it, you know? And it's like, well, no, because 
that's what we felt like God told us not to do is we're not doing it. And um, this was a couple of years ago now, actually, but my friend and I were having a conversation about how um, we were talking about deliverance ministry. And there was like one deliverance minister who we trust that was saying one thing. And then there was a different organization um, who's really respected that was saying something different. And they're like, well, I don't really understand. Like this person was saying like, I don't know which one I should, like which one I should subscribe to basically. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Which philosophy and it's like, well, what's God saying? You know, because ultimately at the end of the day, it comes down to, well, what's God telling you for you and your family and your life and your thing? You know, a lot of the times we have these good people in our lives and respected and trusted people and leaders and organizations. But like Rachel said, you have to answer for yourself at the end with God, not anyone else. So what's God telling you to do? And do you have the ability to say, this is what God's telling me and I'm going to execute on whatever it is and be able to stand firm in that. Yeah. It's, it's a hard place to be in a lot of the time when you're not. And like, what is that? Like, what's the thing that makes it better? Is it just maturity? Is it time with the Lord? Confidence? Like, it might be all those things really, but. Mm-hmm. It's a journey. So like uncomfortableness. <laughs> things right like that you have to just be comfortable with being uncomfortable one as much as we want this to be an instantaneous you know caterpillar to butterfly moment yeah and everything in our lives it doesn't work that way you grow and you change just like a child has to go through all the stages of being an infant all the way up to an adult they can't skip any of those stages they can't rush any of those stages it just it takes time and so you have to be comfortable with yourself taking time and you have to be comfortable with other people taking time even when it's frustrating and seems forever like there's things you can't control like you you know and you're just gonna upset yourself and get yourself worked up for nothing trying to control things and so even in your obedience it's today like Mm -hmm. it's the reason why we want to focus on how much it's it's individual and in the moment is because God knows where you're at today. He knows what you can handle or can't handle today. Yeah. And, you know, five years from now, maybe there's something you could handle that he'd be like five years from now, go, yes, you can do that or you can handle that. Right. But right now he's saying no. Yeah. And if you're with someone who's in a place where they can, where God can say yes to them, but God's saying no to you, it's because you're in a different place. This is so good. I, (laughs) this is so good because I feel like there's, there's, I, I know this. I know we have this thing of if God tells me no now, then it means no forever. Well, because we, we like God, rules. We like rules, but also, well, God's unchanging. You know, yes, God is unchanging, but guess what? You're not. You're and, not. And His unchanging. goal is to change you, right? So, no is not. No, now is not. No, forever, because the goal is to get you to change so that you can handle. And it. we're talking about things that are not blatant sin. Like obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's things. And here's let me just nail this point too. The Bible has been translated into English in many different ways, but pretty much any translation that's well done. You can understand what it says. Yeah. Right? There's not, like, if King James is a little too old English for you, you oh, know, there's, there's so other more. versions. Like, the one the one I'm reading to y'all is the New Living Translation, okay? I um, love Amplified. I'm there's sorry, so many. but, like, everything that's written in this book on its surface is understandable. If you have the ability to learn and to read and comprehend because you don't have any kind of, you know, learning disabilities or whatever, you can understand on the surface what this means. Yeah. Okay. And there's and, there's a lot in the Bible. When we say, are you sure? Question mark. 
Well, there's some things that the Bible is extremely clear on, like repetitively yeah, clear on. Right. Like it's going to repeat and not just one person in the Bible, one book. It's multiple books. It's going to be repeated over and over again. And those things are like there's that biblical consensus that this is just the way it is. This is what God has said. He's God is very clear about things. Like God, like when he was talking to the old in the Old Testament to the Israelites, he repeated himself over and over again just to make sure they didn't misunderstand. Yeah. God is not obscure or um what's the word? Oblique or whatever it is that he's not Yeah, he's not trying to obtuse. Yeah. I guess that's what it is. Like he's so you have that service. So if you have people who are saying, like, when you read the Bible, you trust God to help you understand it on the basic level, but also on the spiritual level that's underneath. And don't get knocked off course by people are saying, like, no, that's not how you read that verse, or God really meant this, or whatever. I mean, because a lot of weird doctrine and weird things happen is when people really tried to isolate a verse in the Bible separately from everything else and then come up with stuff that like they twist the word and make it sound what they want. Like just overall general principle, let the word speak for itself. And if you're listening to a teacher or a person who is going, you can't understand scripture unless you have me, unless you have my interpretation, unless you have my teaching, which this is how a lot of cults begin, then that's where you have a danger because God never said it's for a few. Or, yeah, absolutely. A few yeah. educated few. In fact, the Pharisees, the reason why Jesus was so mad at the Pharisees, the Pharisees were like, we're the only ones that know God's doctrine and what it is, and we're the gatekeepers, and we're not letting anybody partake, and we're yeah. we're the bosses, and yeah. we determine everything. And Jesus is like, you guys are ridiculous. <laughs> like yeah. You don't want anyone. Like, I mean, even the fact that the women didn't have access, right? The men, the boys could be trained up to to learn the Torah and all that, but the mm-hmm. women could not. And here's another thing too, is that because the Bible <sighs> was Man, written that's... by multiple authors, God is speaking through each person individually through their own personality, through their own experiences. And they're, what you want to do is look at the Bible as a whole, as, as a song of God's voice overall, like as a tapestry and a big picture. So mm-hmm. when you read all of the scriptures and you consider every place in the Bible where God says who he is and, and you know, as a whole can then grasp and understand what is going on, then you can navigate the individual personalities of the writers, like especially in the New Testament letters, like Paul, very strong personality. Yeah. Um, he was a Pharisee and he got radically converted by, by having an encounter with Jesus, a vision of Jesus, knocked him off his horse, blinded him for three days. I mean, we're talking about a huge experience. Yeah. Um, but Paul was a very strong personality and he dealt in the letters were and in the context of letters, letters were his conversations with the churches and back and forth about some things and how what they should do. And, 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 and there's a lot of cultural context. So I'm not saying we take one word and just, <sighs> here's the part where you can be sure and not sure. Like, yeah, there's some things that the statement is so blatantly obvious and is beyond the context of time, space, and culture. Can, can I give an example of like an easy, this is an easy one. So I think the, the, a good point here is that there's scriptures that you can read that God will reveal something to you and instruction at that point in time. And you could read that same verse three years later and you have a different instruction, right? That's God talking to you as you read the Bible. But there's also 
you know, like Rachel was saying, like teachers will read a verse and then say like, well, this is what it means, but it, but God could be telling you something a little bit different. And all of that is kind of like, there's some nuance there, but there are some things that are blatant that um, like a funny example, it's not funny, but it's funny. Uh, Lazarus is dead in the tomb. Everyone's crying because Lazarus is dead. Jesus shows up. Jesus is standing there and yells into the tomb. Lazarus come out. Okay. Lazarus miraculously is not dead anymore. He comes back to life. He's, you know, everything, story goes on. There are people, I kid you not, there are people that are taking that verse of Jesus saying, Lazarus, come out, and trying to say that Jesus helped his friend come out of the closet and into homosexuality <laughs> because the verse says Jesus, Jesus is saying, Lazarus, come out. But that, but if you look at another verse, another version, it would say, Lazarus, come forth. Right. Right. Exactly. Or like, you know, Lazarus, proceed out of this tomb, basically. Not Get to mention tomb, the out. term coming out is an absolute 21st century term. It is. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So like you see something like that and you're like, okay, well, that's pretty blatant. Like, that's obvious. Like, I know I'm not going to fall for that one. The but they're not all like Jesus. that. Like, what's the most famous ber- verse in the New Testament? Probably John 3, 16. For God's yeah. love the world, right? Yeah. He gave his one and only son that. Anyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. Okay, that is not really open to interpretation. I mean, it, and and like, what is Occam's razor? Is like sometimes it's the most obvious thing is typically the most is what is is the, the answer. case. Yeah, is the answer. Like, there's some things where you do not have to get all weird about what the Bible says on some stuff. Well, that means that I'm not going to die. I'm just going <laughs> to my physical body will never decay. <laughs> I won't live. <laughs> Yeah, and and here's the thing: like people think for yourself. Yes, please. and now the but problem is you have to go with God because honestly, the devil will want to think for you, the world will want to think for you, and you have the world, the enemy, you have God, you have you, your flesh, you got all these things warring at you for your attention, your focus, and and to win, the, be the king of the hill. Yeah, and this is where the humility comes in. Um, maybe we can just for a few minutes talk about humility and then close up because if you are there, if, if it's not grounded as an obvious, like blatantly obvious truth in the scripture, you have no right being uber sure about something. Yeah. Now, when yeah. we talk about doctrinally or whatever, now there are experiences. I'm not taking away experiences because but even if I, okay, so I have a situation where I experience something and someone tells me, well, that's not theologically correct. I'm like, but they didn't experience it. So, but in that moment, yeah. I just go, okay, well, I mean, I'm not going to argue with you. Like in love, I care about them. I'm not going to force my position down their throat because I had an experience. Now, if it was something obvious in the scripture, I'd be like, look, hey, look, the Bible says this, and it's very clear. But if it doesn't have an answer, that's clear. But if it's something that's subjective and of of experience, and then I'm like, look, that is what I have experienced. This is what God has shown me. I present my case, Mm -hmm. right? And then I'm like, okay. And they're like, well, you know, that just theologically, I don't agree with that. And I go, okay. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? 
Like yeah. it's like there, this is where humility comes in. Like we have to humble ourselves and go, it's not my responsibility to change people. It's not yeah. my responsibility to yeah. prove a point. It's not the point of this whole thing is not to be right. The point is love. If you look at first Corinthians 13, you can have, I mean, Paul saying you could, you could do everything right and do all the things and give up everything and 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 then if you don't have love, there's no point. It literally benefits nobody. Like, look at Paul. Paul gets knocked off his horse and blinded for three days, like you said, right? What if someone came along afterwards and was like, oh, well, that's not, that's not God. That's not, um, that's it's not, not how God works. It's not possible. That just isn't how it is. And God never did that before. So yeah, that can't work. Right. And it's like, you can't unexperience something, right? And if you, if God encounters you and you have a moment then that is something that you now know, right? That's an experience that you now have. But you are personally responsible for that experience. Right. No one else is personally responsible for your experience. Right. Now you can present the information. If it was truly God, if something, if God has really truly shown you something, like absolutely shown you and you just know and you there's no question in your mind well obviously the fruit of that would be love the fruit of that would be greater character the fruit of that would be deeper intimacy with god like mm-hmm. the fruit of that would be humility so if that has changed you then you don't have to prove a point there's no point right. to prove right because and you don't need to convince power, somebody else yeah and you don't need to convince them what you do is you present the information and if it's truly God, if it's really a revelation God has given you and it's really important and it's really something that person needs to hear, then you present it in love and you let it go. And you- this is why it's important, I think, for everyone for everyone to remain humble, not only as the person who you're sharing this information with and you're coming against a roadblock, but if you are listening to someone say something it's so important to stay humble because your pride is going to block you from receiving from God and receiving God through other people. And if pride was the downfall of Satan, then we should want nothing to do with it, right? Mm-hmm. So I think like there are so many times in my marriage, especially the early years of, I know I'm right. I know I'm right about something and my husband's just not having it. Especially when you feel so justified, like there's this (laughs) satisfaction in you, like I am so right and they're so wrong. And I can't tell you how many times I've been sitting in the car. Why do we always have so many fights in cars? So we're sitting in a car and I really feel this little prompting of the Holy Spirit of like, just don't say anything. Just like, shut up. You've said enough. Like there's nothing else to say. You've said enough. So I just stop, you know, and I'm just sitting and then you know, within, I don't know, maybe 10 to 20 minutes or something like that, he will turn around and be like, you know what, God's really talking to me. And I really feel like what you said is valid and you know, blah, blah, blah. But he needs to remain humble just as much as I need to remain humble to shut up. He needs to remain humble to have heard that prompting from Holy Spirit. So like we all need to be humble in all of our circumstances because we don't want to be the reason why we don't hear from God. And we don't want to be a stumbling block to other people. Plus, revelation kind of grows with you. Like, you could know something on introductory level, yeah. right? Yeah. And then just in education, like, 
me having a doctorate degree in a subject is much more than me just having a cursory, I took one class in college. Right. So yeah. I took one class in college in economics. So I know all about economics and no one can tell me anything. And then if somebody with a doctorate degree in economics comes to me and goes, no, you really are misrepresenting that and you need to look at this and this. And I go, well, no, 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 no. I got it. I, I know. I know economics. Yeah. Like, I took Econ certain, 101, brother. There's a certain level of even in your own understanding will grow and change as God is able to like deepen it. And you can't get stuck in a place going, I can't learn any more about this or like I've reached it. I've arrived. Right. And, and the thing back to what we're saying about the humility of presenting information, it's like once you present that when we're talking about being comfortable with being uncomfortable and letting go of control you have to really let go of outcomes you love people Mm, that's good you really love them you pray for them you hope for the best you pray for the best and you give them time to change but you cannot ultimately like i said you know they're going to be before god and answer for themselves so when they answer to god and god tried to talk to them through you Mm -hmm. and they ignored it and didn't receive it and didn't grow, well, guess what? They're going to be held accountable for that. Like God's going to go, hey, I tried talking to you through so-and-so and this is what I was trying to present and you didn't listen. You didn't take it because you had an attitude about it. Yeah. And they'd be like, oh, sorry. You know, like. Yeah, that's so good. Not controlling the outcome. You can't. Like, and the biggest, like when we go back to the analogy of the sail, the wind, your job is to catch the wind of what God is doing. You are not determining the destination. You are not determining the speed. You're not really determining anything other than you just every moment of every day follow God and obey him. And with, and honestly, so like first John chapter three verse, no, sorry. First John four chapter six. Um, oh no, I'm going to start at four, but you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Those people belong to this world. So they speak from the world's viewpoint and the world listens to them, but we belong to God and those who know God listen to us. If they do not belong to God, they do not listen to us. That is how we know if someone has a spirit of truth or spirit of deception. Mm. If you are on the mark, if you are speaking under the unction of God, if the Holy Spirit is with you, if the anointing is with you, if the truth is, if you are on the side of the truth, then anyone who's on the side of the truth will hear you and receive from you. If they can't, then they're not on the side of the truth. There's the, um, in the Old Testament, Joshua runs into um, this big angel shows up and Joshua's like kind of freaked out. And he goes, who are you for? Are you for us or for our enemies? Yes. And the angel goes, neither. I'm here on behalf of the Lord. Like yeah, I'm not, on the Lord's I'm side. not on, I'm on the Lord's side. I'm not yeah. on y'all's side. So there has to be in your motive, in your heart is you cannot, there's no picking sides. There's no agendas. We, we talked about this last go around. Remember in the activation application, you just, you have to let go of your agenda and your control because you have to be on the Lord's side. Oh, so good. whatever God is saying, Whatever God is doing, you have to be on his side, not the world's side, not Satan's side, not other people's side. And you have to be humble about it. And you just have to cling to that and let it let I don't like using this term, but let the chips fall where they may. Is. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably not a good term to use. But like you just got to let, let it, it be. Let it be. Yeah. And um, if you if you have some kind of way in you, like you feel some kind of way when 
you know, you just know that you're right and they're wrong and it's really irritating you and you indignant and you feel justified and you're like, blah, 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 blah. Well, guess what? I don't care how right you are. You are not in love in that moment mm. and you are not in the right spirit. So even That's if good. you're right about being right, you're wrong about being right. Yeah. And this is where it comes into your responsibility for who you are and what you do. Like you have to be able to do this stuff in love. It's so so good. we'll close here, but basically That's so good. You can't be there's things you can be sure about. There's things you can't be completely sure about. And those areas where no one can be a hundred percent sure because we just don't know until we we're in the greater glory in heaven someday. Like, don't fight over it. Yeah. Don't don't condemn people. Don't nitpick and gossip like when it doesn't really matter. Yeah. And cling to the things that you are sure about and just bank on them and give them your all. And um, I mean, that's going to help protect you. Yeah, this is so good. This is so good. So this is introduction. Like I, you know, like we said earlier, you know, we don't quite know where we're going to go, like where this topic arc is going to take us because the Lord directs our steps, right? (laughs) So um, we are... But we're both really passionate about it um, in this particular season as well. Um, there's a lot of stuff being stirred up, particularly in this area. And so uh, I'm sure we'll have a lot more testimony and examples to give um, next week. But uh, conversation episode is going to be good on this one for sure. So definitely come back and uh, we look forward to being with you again. Yeah. And I would just suggest all of y'all, I know I'm giving you a homework assignment. Do it. Do it, teacher. You know, read first on. The book of First John. It's near the back of the New Testament, if you're not sure. it's <laughs> There's First, Second, and Third John. So go find it and read it. It's a short book. Um, but this will really bring light to what we are saying. And just, it's just such an anchor scripture. Um, John knew Christ himself personally. He was there. He was taught under him. He knew him. Yeah. He knew. He was intimately involved with Jesus when he was on this earth. And there's just such power in what he has to say. And it applies to everything we're talking about today. So that's your homework. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Have a good week, everybody. All right. Bye. Bye. This has been an episode of Life for Your Soul brought to you by The Sevenfold. For more info on who we are and what you've heard in today's episode, head over to thesevenfold.com. Today, we leave you with this blessing from 3 John. May you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. Until next time. This is life for your soul.